What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You're back on another segment of Higher Thoughts Podcast. I have a very special guest. Her name is Stephanie from SEPA Healing, and she is an angel reader, a very, very great person, a very powerful speaker. And today we're just going to flow, ramble a little bit and see where the conversation takes us. But she has a very interesting story about an encounter with her biological father who wasn't present in her life for many, many years. And this is like almost an epidemic in America today. Uh, people growing up in single family homes with either just their mother or their father. So she decided to meet this man after many years, uh, feeling pulled and gravitated to this. And I want her to talk a little bit about that and kind of what she got from it, what she was expecting. And then how the whole situation just turned out and what she learned from the whole situation of meeting him. So, um, yeah, tell us, tell us how that went. Hey, everybody. Welcome for, uh, to just listening to me and um, judge for this podcast. But, yeah, I did experience something very life-changing. Um, this is something that I didn't really expect. And the reason why I did this was just for healing purposes, right? I wasn't trying to seek any type of relationship or anything like that. I just kind of wanted answers. And I really wanted to know where I came from, mostly. Um, And so when I encountered him, you know, for the first time in person, you know, I was, I guess I can say I came in with an open mind and open heart. Um, I didn't really want to judge him right away. I wanted to see and fill him out for the time that I was there. And um, when I first initially met, like, saw him face to face, it was really strange. It wasn't like I had a connection with him. As weird as that sounds, like, I know, I guess maybe some people, if you guys have ever experienced this, maybe had, like, an instant connection or you guys got emotional. I didn't. And, you know, it's because I didn't have any type of expectation, I think. And, um, you know, so I mean, mean, like when you when you first saw him, did you see yourself at all in him? Did you see any similarities or the way he smiled or his eye color or anything? Did it resemble you? I saw certain certain things like, for example, like the eyebrows, um, the eyes a little bit, um, you know, just the way he thought about certain things and the way he um, just kind of carried himself was similar to me. But, you know, at at first I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Like, he talks about this type of stuff. That's the same stuff I talk about. Or, oh, wow, he likes this type of food. I like the same thing. Stuff like that. But it wasn't, like, ex- extremely life-changing where I was, you know, in awe, if that makes sense. Right. So um, I, I understand exactly what you're saying, man. And I bet that would be a, a bit off-putting to – come into contact with your father and, you know, see some of these things that kind of remind you of yourself and you see it in him. Mm -hmm. And then to have the thought resurface that this man hasn't been present in your life, but go ahead and continue with the story. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sorry, I'm I'm smoking in the middle of our fucking conversation. And it's cannabis, everybody, not, not cigarettes. Please don't smoke cigarettes. But, um, honestly, guys, like I feel that when I was there, it was the and, and, and mind you guys, like I'm I'm an intuitive, I'm a healer, I'm able to feel energy, I'm able to, you know, see certain things that maybe others may not feel right away. And at first it felt peaceful, but then it came to where like it switched to 
this person is a mess. You know, the house was a mess. He was in the middle of remodeling his house. And I felt like I was really uncomfortable, to be honest with you. It was it was dirty. It didn't feel homey, but it had more of a peace sense to it because there wasn't anyone really there. And he works so much that nobody's in that house. So, you know, and I was feeling his energy and I can tell that he really wanted to impress me. Like when you don't see someone for forever or never, like the person <laughs> wants to, you know, meet you and, and impress you and, and have this like type of charisma to them and putting this persona on, right? It's called the ego. And seeing his character, his ego, I was just not impressed. I was just like, well, I don't think this is the true you. I think that, you know, you're getting intoxicated because you're nervous because you don't want to see, have me see your true side. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, with that experience, let alone, I just was put off by it. And, you know, I wanted to hear his side of the story. And there were some up, upsides to this. I, I heard this story from him, you know, what his side was compared to my mom, you know, because they were married and they just got divorced when I was an infant. And so, you know, just seeing, hearing his side of the story, seeing where I come from was probably one of the main goals that I had was what am I? Where do I come from? Who's my family? I want to know these things. Right. And it was pretty cool to find out. I didn't know that um, I was uh, I was Caribbean, which is black. Part of, like obviously in the Caribbean, there's whites and blacks, but it was mostly black. And um, you know, seeing my my family because I saw a family reunion and I saw a picture of my family, and there eighty percent of them were black. But if you look at me, you think I'm a white girl. You would never think in your life that you know I'm mixed with all these things and you know finding out that that my grandma great grandma was uh Chinese which explains a lot to me it also explains to um, me being black so I can see the similarities that I have but like <laughs> so I mean, now you have an upper arm and the racial tension yeah, that's going on in America look, you can have a say so for the black community <laughs> pretty much if I want to say nigga I can because you know I my family is black like I don't really give a shit at this point like yeah my color my color of my skin may some, say something different but my ethnicity says otherwise right and i can prove it <laughs> that's so, right ladies and gentlemen she can legally say that i can legally say that if i want to or in a sense to where the racial term that people think are offended if others say if you're not black but you know i think that you know in life everyone should find out who they are where they come from at the end of the day like the experience that i had with my father was one that helped me heal was one that Help me understand where I come from and, you know, how I can truly move on and close the chapter. So, guys, never be afraid to discover and and don't be afraid of your parent that says, oh, I don't want you to meet them or they don't say very nice things about them. You need to find out for yourself. And I think you need to discover that for yourself so that way you can lay that situation to rest. Because I found out when I was seven, I'm going to be 27 and that was 20 years ago, people. That was a long time ago. Wow. So Very long time ago. You know, that's when I found out when I was a kid. And um, it's been a 20-year-long mission, and I'm finally putting it to rest. So for those of you who don't or have never been through an experience like this, obviously it's, it's a very big step. Mm -hmm. And a child very much wishes that the father would be the one initiating the steps to right. make contacts and to show extend his love. And it's a lot more of an easy 
more suitable environment to put yourself in instead of you making the extension and saying, I want answers and I need answers to some of the past traumas. It's a situation that most people, if they even thought about it, they would say there's no need. If he hasn't Mm -hmm. been in my life this long, there is no need for me to meet him now. Right. And they're not acknowledging that it does affect them. Maybe not just at the surface level, but subconsciously it does have an effect. Maybe it does it affects your ability to trust people, uh, men in your life, or, you know, it, it brings out insecurities within yourself because you have abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, these things are all real and I've experienced them myself from neglect as a child. So, I mean, it's a very big step. And for you to do that, you know, you're an incredibly strong person. You're a very wise, intelligent person in the sense that you know what you need to release, what you need to get behind you in order to conduct yourself more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, they're not willing to put forth that effort or even acknowledge it for that matter. Mm-hmm. And they'll just push it off and let it build up and uh, manifest inside of them. And then that manifests into many negative ways that they don't even realize that it could be stemming from things they typically don't think about on a daily basis. And for me, uh, one big thing that I had to let go, um, bringing up something out of the past was younger in my younger years in my relationship, I was extremely insecure. And from that, I was jealous and I would make these accusations to my wife at, at then she was just my girlfriend, but mm-hmm. I would make these outlandish accusations because she worked with guys that I felt were way more attractive than me. And there's no mm-hmm. way that she could work around them and not be gravitating towards them and talking to them and flirting. And, you know, I have no proof of this and I was hurting someone and it was stemming from a lot of the insecurities I had about myself. I was afraid of being abandoned people that I loved had done it to me in the past so there were the guy that I'd always accused her of cheating on me with or flirting with uh you know he knew it and it made him extremely uncomfortable and at one point we were friends and Mm. I reached out to him and it was a very very uncomfortable feeling reaching out to him and I asked him if we could meet up and I asked him to forgive me that He's such a good guy that I I never had a reason in the world to suspect anything like that. And I didn't realize how much I was holding on to that until that moment of when that initial contact between me and him, you know, came into fruition. It was an an exhilarating experience in the sense that I could feel it just coming off of me like I was just coming out of a murky swamp. It was one of those things that just made me feel a little lighter when I was walking and I think you're incredibly strong and intelligent for addressing some of those things in your past. A lot of people wouldn't be willing to make that step. Yeah. I don't think that they realize the impact it had because I used to be like some of you where you're like, what's the point? I don't need to blah, 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 blah. But in the back of your mind, it will replay and replay and replay sometimes. And you're wondering why the hell am I even thinking of this? Why am I even like, fathoming meeting this individual like what the heck you know but you know you begin to realize that that's actually your intuition that is your higher self talking to you and saying yo like you need to get it together you need to figure this out you need to make that chance to go and meet him and figure it out yourself and find out where you come from figure out what the situation was you know hear that person's side of the story you don't have to have a relationship with this individual you don't need to like for me you know to get some closure yeah and like it was easy for me to cut him off. You know, I found some heavy red flags and I cut it off because he has a drug addiction. 
Okay, I found out he did coke. I found out that he he was drunk the whole entire time that I was there. And then on top of that, you know, he shoots up, uh, what is it, steroids for, you know, for fitness when he's not even fit. So he's, he's heavily addicted to these things that it's just like, these are really big red flags. And I'm, I don't want that in my life. This is somebody that I don't want to be. This is somebody that I don't aspire to even remotely be whatsoever. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care uh, what you have materialistically. I don't give a shit. At the end of the day, you showed me your ego instead of who you really are. And so that lets me know that you're not the person that you really portray yourself to be. And that's okay because I want nothing to do with that. I don't want no part of it. That's it. And so that's something that you guys also have to understand. Like, you know, yes, come in with an open mind, open heart. And what I mean by that is I'm not saying like, oh, you have to like, um, like people say like vulnerability is a bad thing. It's actually in a sense a good thing because it's, it opens you up to the rawness of the situation. It opens you up to the truth instead of lying to yourself and try to protect yourself while you're going through this. And also, you can ask your your angels and guides to help you, to guide you, and to block you from anything negative, right? And so, while you're being with an open mind, open heart, you're seeing it full spectrum. You're seeing it as it is. There's no sugarcoating. There's no nothing. There's no any type of judgment. Because once you put a judgment on something, you're literally just ending something in a sense where there's no other like factors that can play into your judgment like that's that that's how you feel and it's not it's not going to change so by doing that guys and just kind of going out there and doing what you need to do for yourself there are so many healing benefits to it i mean dude i saw so many synchronicities on my way there mind you i had to drive like almost six hours because we lived in the middle in the middle of nowhere so, you know, it's like I saw so many numbers that resonated with me that are constantly playing and reassuring me, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I feel so good doing it. I, I'm so blessed that I did it, you know. So I, I noticed for me and just my personal experience in life that mm-hmm. whenever I'm following my intuition, whenever it's a deep path within me that I, I truly understand. Right. Um, the synchronicities that you're talking about. I, I experienced those as well. Maybe not so much with numbers, but certain releases within me uh, come about. Certain, I guess you could say, blocked energies. Mm-hmm. And the more I come to understand what people term, uh, you know, prayer or meditation, the higher self or God, uh, it's very confusing as to what you're communicating with if you're not able to enter what some people term the astral plane. Mm-hmm. And it's even more so difficult if you're trying to do so while you're conscious or you're trying to go into meditation because it takes a very long time to blur that line between the conscious and subconscious. And that's exactly what we were speaking about the other day is whenever, you know, you're very exhausted, you're about to go to sleep and you'll just say these random things and not even, well, where did that come from? I, why, why did I say that? So for me, uh, contacting my higher self or as a child, what I always thought was God is to quiet all the emotions or the thoughts inside of my head and simply think about the situation, Mm -hmm. not with any form of judgment. And the answer is just right there revealed. It's right there in my, I don't have to search deeply for it at all. It's like, it was just given to me Mm -hmm. and it was there the whole time. I just had to kind of take out the murky water to see it. 
and the more that I execute those plans, it's always difficult. It's never going to be easy. It's never going to be something that you just want to do. Mm-hmm. It's always you have to give up something negative that you're holding on to or there's something that's blocking you or preventing you from achieving what you want to achieve. For me, um, as a child, when I would pray or contact my higher self, in a sense, I was always asking how can I heal myself? Not, I wasn't saying that those exact words, but I was hurting and I was praying and I was asking why, you know, why would my father die? Why wasn't, why am I in foster care? Why have I been in poverty my whole life? But the answer is just like, after I stopped getting so emotionally involved was right there the whole time. It was that this experience was to make me a stronger individual. So I am more able and more focused and determined to achieve goals inside of my life that, the early experience of pain and adversity would shape me into a man much earlier than my peers. And that would make me able to be a father at a younger age and to have a family and happiness at a, at a younger age, because I've, I've been with my wife for uh, seven years and wow. I'm, I'm 22 years old. I'm, I'm, I'm a child and being in foster care and being so hurt mm-hmm. and longing for something that would bring me joy and contentment and fulfillment. It happened. It just happened. My mother met my wife at a football game. Mm-hmm. And ironically, she wasn't even there to watch me. I barely knew her <laughs> at the time. And she messaged, my mother messaged me and she says, you know, there's something about that. I really like that girl. Oh, I wow. really like her. And this is what I mean by little synchronicities because mm-hmm. me and my mother together, uh, I had a girlfriend and I was like maybe going into my freshman year in high school. Mm-hmm. And I'm crying to my mother on the phone and I'm hurt because this girl, you know, she had cheated on me and I, I was just at a very vulnerable time in my life where I, I was susceptible to other people's emotions affecting me. So I prayed with her and I was asking the universe or God, I was asking this time, I was truly asking for it to bestow something in my life that would, that would save me, that would give me that little gleam of light. And then my wife came into my life. Her mother had just died, but my father died years before that. Oh, and that's I crazy. Her from that, you know, within two years of her being diagnosed with uh, ovarian cancer, she died from it. So it was a very rapid onset of cancer. Very difficult for her. She was, you know, a sophomore in high school and I was able to help her through that. So like those, when I say these synchronicities, whenever I was contacting God, the universal mind, the higher self, whatever you want to call it, angels, whatever, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not too knowledgeable and the ability to determine what's what and I apologize <laughs> That's but okay. there's definitely a level of intuition that was guiding me mm-hmm. and that synchronicity was right there she came into my life that joy happened I, I prayed for it I asked for it and it manifested and you know here we are almost a decade down the road and I couldn't be happier and my life is just now getting on par to where I need and that's from my path of spirituality it's not an easy path there's been many setbacks but it's helped me grow and i feel like bringing up things from the past understanding them clearing the mind a little bit and being a little bit detached from the emotions gives you the ability to see it and process it and that's what the story of your father just reminds me of is those synchronicities these traumas that you have to bring up and then but most of all the universe will bestow you what you need Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that when you put in the work, when you really actually put in the work for yourself, 
and you work on yourself. That's what I mean by work. That's what I would call working on yourself is by really going deep within and fixing your problems that are rooted so heavily in your life and pull those roots out and throw them away in a sense to where, you know, you overcome the situations and you face them and I know it's going to hurt I know it's going to feel painful because I freaking broke down you know at my uh, biological father's house I, I broke down when no one was there and it made me realize so many things and how much I appreciate my father that raised me my, my stepdad you know like I was mentioning to I don't know if I mentioned in this podcast already but you know, I was telling uh, Judge that, you know, I, you know, appreciate my dad now because he's fully my dad. He is my, my real dad because he raised me, right, into the woman I am today. And so, you know, just realizing so many things that you have, you just appreciate a lot and you realize, wow, I've had everything that I need to write in front of me this whole entire time. Right. And then, like, I thought that whole experience greatly enhanced the realization of that. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, and, and like... Um, after that, it was a Monday, I decided to call, uh, my dad and I told him what happened, how I met my biological father and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, what, you know, cause we, what's crazy is that our relationship, it's like almost having not just a father, but a, a best friend, you know, that's what it feels like with my dad. And, um, you know, I was able to tell him everything. He just listens. He doesn't lecture me. He doesn't tell me anything unless I ask for advice, then he'll say it. But he really doesn't tell me much, you know. He just he just listens, like as a parent should, you know. So I mean, like, and that's such an important thing to have in life is someone. As soon as you start explaining yourself, that don't project their own advice onto you. Well, yeah, well, you need to do this. Well, you shouldn't be doing that. Just someone to listen. Like I was saying, if I could have just had someone to to stop and love me whenever I was just upset or freaking out, just to have someone listen to be able to vent and mm-hmm. just them, you know, just the subtle ear. It's so releasing in a sense that you have a great appreciation. I do at least I have a great appreciation for someone who has that ability. Yes. Because some people just cannot contain their thoughts and then they just immediately project themselves onto you. Yes. And oftentimes these people are in a very negative spot in life and they're just speaking from the negative experiences they want to release from themselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is helpful. It really is. But I think that's so important in life is to stop and just listen and try and understand somebody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even as you were speaking about you seeing the addiction in your father, my parents completely lost all of her children and my father as well. And he disconnected himself from our life. And the last time I saw my father before he, he was hit by a vehicle. Oh, wow. And the last time I saw him, he was walking down the road while we were in foster care. And we were outside playing basketball. And he walked right past us. And, you know, I, I couldn't stop thinking about how bad that hurt. Mm. And the night before he passed away, all, all of us were in the room. We all three slept in one room. And all the lights were off. And it was quiet for a moment. And then I said, you know, do you think dad ever loved us? If he really loved us, he would have been there for us. He wouldn't abuse us. He wouldn't abuse mom. Mm-hmm. How can y'all say you love him? And then at five o'clock in the morning, my foster parents come in the room and say he was hit by a car. And the feeling in my stomach, 
it was like it was almost like our last moment even though i wasn't with him and he wasn't anywhere around me i felt like the last moment i had shared with him was like in a psychic state and mm. it was a of extreme disappointment and dissatisfaction with his actions and I lost him at that moment. His, he was no longer physically here. I could never speak to him again. Mm-hmm. And immediately I understood what I had to do and what I should have done from the first place was forgive him and understand that addiction has the ability to succumb the life state of an individual, the complete energy of an individual. It can entrap that and just carve its own path to where it disconnects you from the people you love, from basically from reality. It, you are just putting yourself in this void where nothing matters. You are so overwhelmed by these urges to consume, 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 just to make mm-hmm. yourself feel okay. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand at the time. I know addiction isn't literally a disease, but it is a very intense form of neurosis of the mind. And some people just don't have the ability or the support system to get help or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm to even become aware of what they're doing to other people because they're so involved in the, in the drug and they just, they're blinded by it. And it was so hard for me to realize that as a child because I was so young. And then the older I got, I started seeing that my mom, when she loved me, was totally different than the woman that would change drugs. And mm. the father that would love me was totally different than the man that would be doing crack. And I started to see that something had taken over them, had like overrode the system and it was using them. I always bring up this analogy. What's using your life? What are you using in life? But what's using your life? Because we're supposed to use this energy that we have in life to manifest in great ways. We are supposed to be great architectures and the creators of our own lives. And yet we find ourselves getting stuck in these patterns to where it's no longer us in control something else is completely in control whether that be money whether that be addiction to food whether that be addiction to pornography and lust and you can't go out in public without thinking of a woman in a completely inappropriate way you can't have a decent conversation with them because your mind is asphyxiated on that or you can't enjoy yourself out in public whenever you're eating with your family because you want to go smoke or you want to go snort a line or you can't look at yourself in the mirror because the only thing you want to do is go stuff your face with chocolate chip cookies and (laughs) pound down a burger and some French fries and then wash it down with some soda. And these things begin to use your life. We'll take Mm -hmm. everything from you. The beautiful creation is no longer something that you're taking part in. It's something that's molding you. It's creating you. And that's what, that's where that level of awareness comes in. And, you know, if you could speak on that for a moment, how people become more consciously aware of some of the negative patterns they're in and then how they could address that. Well, for example, this is, this is a great topic. Um, now, as I mentioned earlier in the video that I was smoking cannabis, right? And don't get me wrong. The plant is amazing. CBD is freaking phenomenal and something I do take on a regular basis. Um, but as far as like smoking THC, right, you have to come to terms with it and stop fighting it. I think that this this is where a lot of people that are addicted, like they tend to run away from their addiction and think that they don't have a problem, but yet they go back to it. And I think that when you can finally realize this for yourself that, you know what, 
I love whatever it is that I'm doing. But I can say that I don't run from it. And I don't feel the urge to smoke 24-7. I smoke occasionally throughout the day if I want to. Remember what I just said? I want to. It's not, oh gosh, I gotta go. I need to take a drag. Of, I'm stressed, of, yeah. You know I what I'm saying? Like, line, yeah. I need to just go fucking do it. Like, fuck. Or you wake up, you're like, oh, I just need to get high because I can't stand whatever. Whatever the fuck, okay? I do it because I enjoy smoking herb. Not just that, but I roll my own fucking joints. I don't use the fucking cones or anything that bullshit. I physically roll my own joints. Taking that piece of paper, taking the filter, grinding the weed, and rolling it up. And when you look at it as an art form, you realize, damn, you know what? I just want to enjoy. I want to enjoy. Again, I want to enjoy smoking the joint that I rolled. And just have and just be happy. Oh, I mean, like, you know I what I'm saying? Agree. So, I mean, I live in Texas where it's illegal, unfortunately, and which is one of the most stupidest things. I know. I feel you. I mean, I cannot. I, I, I don't even want to touch it because oh <laughs> my goodness, it just frustrates the hell out of me. So, I don't advocate for anybody to consume any kind of illegal substance where it's not legal state uh, by state law. I don't want anybody getting in trouble, but. Uh, I may or may not have grown my own cannabis. I uh, may have known a guy. Uh, we don't know. No one knows, right? So mm-hmm. experiencing the growth of cannabis and upon you putting your own hand and work oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and your own research into it, for me, developed this close connection yes. with cannabis. I, I had brought it into existence. I was, I was gifted the seed mm-hmm. and from my will and watering the plant and, and taking care of it so it may take care of me uh, was an amazing relationship and an awesome experience because I really put a lot of care and passion into the plant and mm-hmm. you could see it and it was just an amazing form of like work and, and gratitude for the resources that are available here on this planet. Now, THC and cannabis, there's nothing wrong with smoking it. As for me, I developed a very bad addiction to it. It is to the point to where I, I it was using me. I was no longer using cannabis. Exactly, it's different. And here as of late, I'm so thankful uh, that I broke that habit. And now it's almost like, you know, if I want to smoke, I'll smoke. Even then, I'll still be like, oh, well, you know, I'll just wait another day so I can really enjoy it. Yes. And now, whenever I use cannabis, uh, I get extremely paranoid, and it's like this hyper sense of awareness. I'll start thinking about things that I said a long time ago, and it's way more beneficial that way. A lot of people don't enjoy that kind of experience, but for me, uh, I, I take it for what it is. And with a lot of things that when you start to enjoy it, you want to enjoy it all the time. Yep. And that's where you have to put yourself in check. That's when you have to see what's using your life. And I feel like for people who get stuck in that pattern, it's so vital to get a hobby or to get something else to get that energy. Like as we were talking about before, the, the dopamine release inside of your brain whenever you're running, the, the endorphins being released. I mean, that right there when they say the runner's high, and especially even more so if you smoke cannabis, uh, you know those metabolites are being released inside of your body whenever you're burning fat. Um, you can get 
blasted, just running, and that's no joke. No, yeah, and, yeah, you yeah, can get, course, you like, can get like, high off of that, dude. Like, oh, yeah, real quick, man. sorry to cut you off, like, with, with no, actually running, they did a scientific research on why people get runners high, and it's actually where your your body, your brain produces cannabinoids. Exactly what you smoke in bud is exactly what you get when you're running. Like, you can be doped up. Like, if you knew how to do it, you wouldn't even really want to smoke cannabis because you already know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, there's a, a, what is it, a guru in India. His name's Sanguru. I don't know if you know him or not, but I'm, maybe some of you guys do. I don't know. But he even admitted, he's like, I'm always, I'm always high, but I know how to do it to where, like, he's mastered the I guess you can say the power over his physical oh, body. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The mystic, the mystic. Yeah, yeah he's amazing, on bro. bro. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking oh, about. Oh my god, you, yeah, we had. That's another conversation. There's so many conversations we're gonna be having. Yeah, but- whenever I, I think I watched that exact video and I was thinking to myself, like, man, I want to take a bite of your brain and see what it do for me. Oh, it, you know it, I mean? it's, it's it's a crazy experience just following his journey and like his his work. I've seen countless videos. I read his books. Um, he's a very, very interesting man. I've done his yoga before, like his meditation yoga. That is really intense as well. It's amazing, by the way. Um, so there's a bunch of things that Judge and I would like to do for what we're talking about. And I know that we're coming up to a close time and we will continue part two. Cause I know there's so many things that we just left you like, wait, wait, what, what was that? Why didn't they finish? Well, you're going to have to tune in for the next episode. Um, and it was a pleasure being on your podcast, uh, Judge. Oh, man. And, you know, I enjoy it. Every time that we get together and have a conversation, you know, me and Stephanie have a list of topics that we want to discuss to everybody. And we always get sidetracked because it just <laughs> turns into a, a beautiful conversation. It's, it's like uh, an orchestra, a classical musical. It's just these notes start coming into synchronicities and, it plays this beautiful tune, and I always enjoy the conversations. One thing that you had mentioned that I'd like to leave off on and that I kind of left off on is whenever people do develop addiction and they need to find a hobby, another great one that you mentioned was yoga. And I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> For anybody that's suffering from any form of addiction or neurosis, find something that's meaningful to you. Get yourself involved in some kind of physical exercise to where you're putting strain on your body Getting that energy out, you'll feel better. And yoga is a beautiful practice to take up. I think a lot of people enjoy hot yoga. It's a good way to get a lot of exercise. You're breathing, huffing, and puffing. There's going to be old women that are kicking your ass. You're going to be inspired. <laughs> and at the same time, you, you can get into that state where you see these fractal patterns that you see in psychedelic experiences. Won't go too deep into it. Stephanie, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thank we'll you. do it more in the future. And ladies and gentlemen, everybody who's listening, I hope you all have a great day. I'm enjoying the rain. It's mixed with some sunshine, so the rays are beaming through the the drops of water coming through the sky, and it's completely beautiful. Thank you, everybody, and have a good day. Thanks. Bye.